Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mama Wears Athleisure. I am your host, Mariella de Santiago, a first-time mom. We focus on all things mom with tips to help make life easier and more organized for all you mamas out there. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here with Rory and Kelsey from Soul Shine Birth, and we are going to be talking a little bit about how to prepare for the postpartum stage, which can be a very broad topic, but we're going to try to keep it very simple and narrow to the very basics of what is essential so that you can start that healing process. So this is also going to be a great episode for your partner, not just the birthing parent, to know how to support you. Hi, this is Kelsey, half of Soul Shine Birth. We're so excited to be here today. So thank you for having us. We're really, really passionate about the postpartum period and educating and equipping families, especially during pregnancy. So if you are pregnant and listening to this, kudos to you. You're doing all the right things to prepare. We are Soul Shine Birth. We are both birth and postpartum doulas. And what's unique about us is we're a duo. So I'm Kelsey, and we're also here with my doula partner, Rory. We make up just a a wonderful collaborative team of actually beyond just us, six other doulas that have joined our team. We do birth and postpartum work as doulas. We are childbirth educators. We are postpartum and newborn care educators. We host Blessing Ways and Mother's Healing Circles. We newly do placenta encapsulation. We mentor doulas. We do a lot for this community because this is our passion and our purpose. And we believe wholeheartedly in serving families during the perinatal period. And Rory and I, we've been doing this together for about two and a half years officially, but we've been in the birth world much longer than that. So it's been a blessing to do this work together and and serve families at every stage in their journey. Our mission is to change lives, empower families, and make positive birth outcomes reality. And we do this by providing tools, love, resources, all while creating your dream support team. Thank you. I love that you guys hit both the postpartum and the prenatal stage because it's so different, right? What you need as a doula or what you do to help somebody during that prenatal period is so, so different from what you would be able to do or what you do for somebody during that postpartum period. So if you don't know what either of them do, I do have an episode that talks about that and kind of goes over the different supports, which is amazing. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. So right after you have the baby, of course, we go through that physical healing process. So what does a mama need to start or to prepare for this process. And I know it's going to vary depending on the form of delivery, but what are the essentials for that postpartum stage? Yeah, that's a great question. We always say birth is a marathon. It's important to prepare the body starting in pregnancy. So whether that's exercising regularly for what feels good for you, that's different for everyone. But in addition to always moving your body, we recommend chiropractic care, acupuncture, pelvic floor therapy, and finding your provider village in pregnancy because 
it will carry over into the postpartum period. It's so clunky and wonky in that time. So you're not going to have a newborn and be calling around searching for that tribe. So establishing it before is really important. We always are referring practitioners that we love and trust. We're not pulling from Google. It's people that we've personally worked with. Postpartum is the biggest hormone drop you'll experience in your entire life and every life cycle that we experience. So it's really important to not only practice physical healing, but mental healing and all around just establishing your village for carrying over to that transition. You really don't realize how much it entails and Especially if it's your first time having a baby where you're like, okay, I just need six weeks or eight weeks, depending on your delivery. And then I'll be back out running, lifting, doing whatever, right? So not like that. And we don't get that clarification of like how to ease back into the physical healing part, but also like you mentioned, the mental health piece, like, yeah, your hormones are all over the place. I I literally cried over spilt milk. The first time I pumped, I spilled build my very little bit of milk I pumped and I cried. (laughs) Everything was making me sad. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. It's so raw and real. And we always use the word clunky. And unfortunately in our society, it's just not normalized to talk about postpartum. And we're here to change the narrative that it's okay to, to talk about the realness and the rawness of postpartum. It's okay to not feel the like, lovey, gushy, all the feel-good bliss hormones and, and feelings that you see on Instagram, because that's not reality. And so a big part of what we do is normalize postpartum by talking about it. One in four women will experience a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder, and no one's talking about that. So having resources like your podcast and, and just enlightening families on Hey, like this is okay. It's very common, but by no means is it normal that you have to feel this way. Like there are resources like Rory mentioned. Yeah. And you made such a good point with what we see on Instagram is so not reality. You see these perfectly clean homes, very happy moms, and you are happy, but you're also very sad for who knows why. Right. And then there's like the whole, some women just have their pre-pregnancy weight all out, at least in the very, in the media, right? (laughs) And that's not reality. And it kind of makes you feel a little bit more down because you're bloated and swollen. And depending on your form of delivery, you may have a scar or stitches down there. So it's just, it's crazy that it's not really more talked about and like, hey, it's normal that your body's going to be a little bit bloated or that you're not going to be down to your pre-pregnancy weight for X amount of weeks, like ease back into it, take care of your body the right way, instead of trying to pressure it to do something it's not ready for. Yeah. It's definitely about healing your, your body and giving yourself grace. You grow a baby for 10 months. It's not bouncing back and it's really relishing in the recovery period and just being with you and your partner and your baby and it's clunky and just leaning on your village. Yeah. And what is bouncing back anyways? You're like this new, beautiful version of yourself and she's not going to look the same and you're not going to recognize her in all moments, but why would we want to go back to the way we were before we had our baby, right? It's this really sacred, safe space to honor the new version of yourself. Yeah. And your priorities change, your interests change. 
your responsibilities change, right? You are a totally different person. You're running on somebody else's schedule, which is really crazy because normally it's just your work schedule. If you don't have any kids, your social life is pretty much whatever you want to do. And then your social life changes to, okay, where can I like find other mom friends that are doing the same? At least for me, that's the stage I'm in. And I love it. I love meeting other moms and being able to socialize out at the playground and like know that my kid is learning something while I also get to be with an adult. Yes. Yes, it all comes to play. We say it takes a village, whether that's meeting with the mom and having an adult conversation that isn't about Paw Patrol and leaning on the people that make you feel better, whether it's chiropractic care or acupuncture, whatever it may be. It's important to lean on those outside resources so that you feel like yourself. Yeah. Well, and since we are talking about that physical and healthy healing Let's just talk about maybe some healthy or easy meals, because as we all know, if you've had a baby, making a meal is almost nearly impossible. So you do need to rely on things that are easy to pop in the oven, or especially if you don't have support, if you don't have anyone near you that can make meals for you. Like, What are some ways to think in advance of what you can have for the first few weeks? It is a huge part of how you'll feel nourishing from the inside out as postpartum doulas. Sometimes we walk into a family's home and maybe it's an afternoon shift and mom even hasn't had a chance to eat a nourishing meal or shower yet. And it's always so sad for us because we know she'll be set up for success if she's able to just take the time to nourish herself because you can't nourish from an empty cup, right? So we're really big proponents on postpartum nourishment. This can actually start in pregnancy. It's a really good nesting activity if you enjoy cooking. So what we usually recommend, and this is especially easy for like first time expecting families, anytime you go to cook a meal, just make larger portions. Hopefully you have a freezer or maybe you even get a deep chest freezer in your garage where you can store some leftovers. We love soups, stews, broths, really warming, nourishing meals that yes, are easy to reheat when the time comes. We also are really big believers in the Ayurvedic school of thought when it comes to postpartum healing. So that means using warm, nourishing foods versus things like salads, smoothies, which sound healthy and delicious in theory, but unfortunately in postpartum, those things make you constipated. They may decrease your milk supply. They deplete your energy levels. So Warm, nourishing foods. The rule of thumb is anything you put in a mug that will ensure that you feel your best so that you can best nourish your baby. We use the cookbooks called The First 40 Days. It's a great book. You can get on Amazon for like $15. And half the book is education on postpartum and it, it views it through the lens of taking things slow and honoring the first 40 days. And then the second half of it is actually really easy to make recipes. So Maybe you didn't have a chance to prep in pregnancy. When you get to postpartum, you can take pictures of these recipes and send them to family and friends. Maybe you have a meal train that is started if you do have family or friends in the area and lean on your village. People want to help. And food is a really great, easy way for people to show their love and support. If you are part of like a mom group or church or any village that you have, people will step up. So we always say if you're doing a meal train, just inform people on the type of food you want. So you don't end up with 
two dozen casseroles or just like DoorDash orders because you'll want nourishing home cooked food. So those are kind of like our rule of thumbs when it comes to the types of food and how you can prepare. If you don't have a village and you don't like to cook, another great resource is Mama Meals OC. This is our dear friend Holly's company. Her and her husband, Eric, created it almost two years ago now. And these are Ayurvedic warming casserole, soups, stews, all the things that we mentioned, they're all organic, they're gluten-free, and she even ships nationwide. So if you're listening to this and you aren't in Southern California, the food is shipped nationwide. So really amazing and a really wonderful resource. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Mariella. I wanted to thank you for listening and share some ways to show your continued support. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share the show with friends and family. Buy me a coffee to help with the financial costs of running a podcast. Follow me on Instagram at MamaWearsAthLeisure. And finally, subscribe to my newsletter. Thank you for listening. You made some just some things that kind of pop in my head instantly, like the DoorDash. When you eat out so often, you totally just start to feel it. So I could see how that would, wouldn't feel good if you're trying to heal and you're feeding a little one or trying to keep this little baby alive and you're the rest of your family and pets and whatnot, I definitely did try my best to prepare. So I made a lot of, I probably made like five casseroles that I froze in advance just with the thought of, I know I'm not going to be able to cook and yes, I'm going to have help, but I'm like most women where you like to control things, even when you aren't able to, because you don't feel great. You're like, no, 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 I got it. I know you're here to help me, but let me just cook or let me just take over. It's hard. Yeah. So having something available to you, such a difference. Yeah. And when there isn't a plan in place, you often do what's easiest, right? You're like, oh, I'll just order from Panda Express and that's not going to help anyone. So having a plan, having services or a meal train that can go a long way in the healing and recovery and just making it so that you can focus on recovery and not feeding all of the mouths in the house and so on. I know we touched on this a little bit on the mental health piece. But given that when you go for your postpartum check, you typically only get the questionnaire for postpartum depression, which isn't the only postpartum mental health that you can come across. So with this, trying to normalize that mental health is very, very real. What are some things that moms can do if they may think like, I I don't have depression, but I'm scared to take my baby out or have that anxiety or any other sort of mental health issue, concern, how how do we help them? What can they do to prepare? Yeah. And like Kelsey mentioned earlier, one in four women have a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder and baby blues affects 80% of women. So it's there. It's the biggest hormone drop that we ever experienced. So a lot of it is out of our control and it's hard. So we would recommend having conversations in pregnancy with your partner. You and your partner are a team. That's what's so important. And it's important to build the village and lean on them. So whether that be a mental health therapist that you see separately or together or both, and then ultimately surrendering and asking 
asking for what you need. That would establish things in pregnancy. Now, in postpartum, if you're feeling like something's up or you're not yourself or your partner is noticing some things, there is that online questionnaire that you just referred to that you get at the postpartum visit. And you can also talk in pregnancy about the warning signs to look for. Is she not wanting to eat? Is she not wanting to shower? Is there a lot of anxiety around who's holding the baby or where they're going out? It's also hard to say, hey, I think something's going on. So establishing those conversations in pregnancy and acknowledging that these things can happen Mamas who do have a history of anxiety or depression are more likely to have a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder. Or if there's a major life event in pregnancy, something that can really shift the hormones as well. It's really hard to ask for help. And I think the the most courage is surrendering and accepting it. So really just asking for what you need. I really like that you gave that number one in four because it does bring into light that you really are not alone. For the number of moms that you meet, it makes it easier to then think like out of 10 moms that at least two of them will be going through something like this. And it just makes it a little bit easier to know that it is such a big number, Hmm. especially if you are going through it. It's common, but not normal too. So we want to establish the help that you need to make you feel like yourself again and and come back to who you are or who you are now as reborn into a mother. And it's okay to use the help. I, I think we always share too that asking for help is not failure. You do not have to suffer alone. I think a lot of times the moms that we either supported them during pregnancy and birth or with their postpartum doulas, they often feel like an, on an island and they're isolated and they did something wrong almost like that they did something that is why that they're feeling this way, that they maybe failed in some way, or they're the only one that's feeling this way. And we've recently started postpartum healing circles for women, which has been just incredible to see and feel women open up and know that they're not alone. And I can tell you, when we have these circles of anywhere from like 25 to 30 women, the most common thread is women saying like, wow, I did not know that I was not the only one that felt this way. And it's just astonishing what women can feel when it comes to their support, once we're able to feel safe and vulnerable. So finding your village of people you can be vulnerable and real with is probably the most vital thing. If you feel like you have to put on like a face of makeup or a fake smile, or you have to just say everything's okay. It's probably not your people. And it's just not going to serve you because this is the most raw life stage. And so surrounding yourself with the people that you know will support you even through the hardest moments is so important. Thank you for that. And one of my last questions, what are some essential resources to have handy that can just be helpful to refer to for anything? Yeah. So (laughs) we usually say resources start with like the non-physical products. Rory already mentioned this, our favorite resources, pregnancy and postpartum, our chiropractic, acupuncture, pelvic floor therapy, and lactation support, as well as talk therapists. So our biggest recommendation is establishing trusting relationships with providers that you trust in pregnancy 
it's going to be much, much harder to establish these relationships in the clunky postpartum period. The last thing you want to do is like call around to figure out who's in network and if they're a good fit for you. So just know that most women are going to want these physical people in their circle to support their healing. So start that process early. And many of these practitioners will serve you well in pregnancy too. So that's usually where we start as far as like resources. There's some products that we recommend every mom to have as well. That would be postpartum herbs. This can be used for your perineum healing. So you can do sitz baths or even to put in your peri bottle. We also love wish garden tinctures. These are really great to support your mood and your healing. There's like a baby blues blend. There's an after ease to ease some of that post-birth cramping. They have wonderful tinctures just depending on your needs. And then the other thing is Hakka products. We love Hakka products, especially for our breastfeeding mamas. They're affordable, they're easy to use, and they just support you in different ways as you breastfeed, whether it be the hand pump or like the ladybug milk catcher or the colostrum catchers. They have a wide variety of helpful products. Well, finally, my last question. Do you guys have any last tips, suggestions, or recommendations? Yes. We would say spend time planning for the postpartum period. We find that it often gets swept under the rug when it is the most important. Birth is 5% and postpartum is 95%. So just like you're planning the colors of your nursery, plan for your plan of action for postpartum so that you can enjoy and recover and just be in that transformational journey time. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you ladies taking time to share your knowledge and give us some ideas on how to prepare for this really long, happy, exciting, and challenging journey, really, right? That you are learning who you are as a mom now, especially if it's your first one, and just figuring out how to keep the house running, right? Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. You can find us on Instagram for more updates and tips. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review if you like us.